0: And welcome to minute ninety-one of season five of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yipikay our way through the nineteen ninety Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard Two, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today, and hopefully all week, if uh, he can he can stand me for that many days, is uh, Mark
1: Hoftmeyer from Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back, Mark. Listen, this is my fourth. This is my fourth one with you of these minute movie by minute. So we we know our flow, and a lot more happens in this one than when Harry Met Sally. So we're, which I adore, a great movie. But we have snowmobiles in this. I'm just now realizing that 1990. I've covered a lot of the 1990 action films on the Movie Stones and Flakes podcast. There's also mentions of C4, which if you watched a movie, an action movie in the 1990s. It felt like C4. You could just go to the grocery store yeah, of course. And buy Can't you? C4. Can't because you? Yeah, <laughs> it's everywhere. It's like, I even made a short skit about a, a jetpack that shoots 50 miles. And I, we had Canadian C4. Like C4 was just like, yeah, C4. You just Get some C4 and slap it on it and do a little timer. And like yeah, it's, an, it's by the vegetables. Like, just go get the C4. So we have C4. We have snowmobiles. We have in, in the, the making of doc about this, there's a talking about like Die Hard on Ice. Charlie Perserny compared snowmobiles to jet skis, which I'm a big connoisseur of jet ski and and snowmobile cinema. So this is a, a perfect chapter, perfect five minutes for me, which is why you're here for the for these minutes. I mean, come on. We, we, we
0: talked about this, I think, over a year ago. You said to me, this is the week I want. And I said, it's yours. You know, there's no one else is getting it. Yeah. And, and there were other people who wanted it, just so you know. But I said, nope, Mark's got it. It's all his. So, you know, I, I keep my word.
1: <laughs> I got. I have so much data on snowmobile action scenes. Like I, Do you want to hear some interesting snowmobile stats real quick? Um, let's do it a little bit later in the episode, because let's start with what's going on. Because right now,
0: we're going to start off without any snowmobiles on screen. And we'll we'll, we'll get there.
1: Yeah. You know. Okay. I still forget. We gotta yeah, we gotta work our way through. Yeah, of course. We, we don't pinball. That's right. No pinballing. Wait, there is a snowmobile in the third in it, three seconds in, so that's good. All right, but we still have to get the three seconds. Ah,
0: you see. <laughs> so we we ended things on Friday with uh the the bad guys leaving the church and you see blue light, you know, they're they're beginning their assault on the church itself. And John is trying to figure out how come nobody notices that something's going on in the back and that they're they're getting away. So he goes to check it out himself. And then this minute begins, 91 begins with Blue Light beginning their assault on the church and ends with John taking a ride on a snowmobile. So mm-hmm. what we have here is, you know, the, the these group of, I guess, stuntmen, you know, from, from Blue Light. They're all, uh, you know, making their assault on the the church and we basically you know they, they they all have identical you know snow suits, so you can't tell any of them apart there's like no way of telling any of these guys apart some of them have names that are just thrown out but we don't the only one we really know the name of is is Talford, you know who's the radio guy who we'll, we'll get to you know we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil anything here about that one but all the rest no names whatsoever to uh, this minute actually begins with Grant using one of their names, but we don't know who Albertson is. He goes, Albertson, take your men around the back. Right. And we see them start getting closer to the church. And then at the three second mark for Mark, <laughs> we see a, a shot of John running to the side of the church to try and find what's going on. And then we see a snowmobile driving away. Now, we know who's on the snowmobile, OK, because we saw it on Friday. We saw that the the five guys, the six guys that are still alive, are getting getting on these snowmobiles. Okay, did you did you notice the fact of how many snowmobiles there were for them to get on?
1: There's four. No, there's five. Oh, there's five. There's... Yeah, no, okay, because two stop and then three take off. Correct. That's right. You're right. There's, You're 100% there's five. Right, yeah. There's five
0: snowmobiles. Now, how do you think? We talked a little bit about this on Friday, but how do you think this fits in with? with Stewart's original plan. I mean they were t- there were 12 guys with Esperanza. Okay. They didn't expect to lose any men. So they had 13 guys that they were going to somehow get on five snowmobiles. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yeah, that's actually a great point. So y- you'd think that what 10 are covered. Three is a massive crowd on snowmobiles. <sighs> I mean
0: and maybe one get- of
1: his people messed up. Maybe one of his people messed up. Okay, right? all right, it was, that's fair. You you can't just get five. Like, Hey, I need thirteen snowmobiles, or I need ten snowmobiles. Actually, just give me seven so we can double up. Have everyone can double up. You know, even six, we'll triple on one, just one. Well, but the, with the we'll, we'll put the lowest henchman on that.
0: Oh, well, they so, do have John Leguizamo like, with
1: them, so they could you know put him on on like the handlebars for one of them. Yeah, exactly, and he you know he actually does do some great. Uh, snowmobile action scenes in that Santa Claus movie that just came out with David Harbor violent <laughs> night. There's a, there's some good jet ski action in that or uh, snowmobile action in that. But uh, listen, it, it's tough. Like you don't just go, Hey, give me 13. Give me this, give me that. Like these are legitimate commandos. So they're like, maybe would, they would have found some to come with, maybe they would have brought some there. I mean, there's five waiting. Maybe they would have had others. Right, well, that's another question. Where think- did these five come from? Did they bring them with them themselves or does it happen to be that the
0: church, you know, happens that's going to be a daycare center is just happens to have five uh, snowmobiles on the outside, you know, in case anybody wants to go, uh, you know, do some sort of uh, recreational sport, you know, in
1: between prayers. I don't know. It's not a bougie church. So I don't know if five snowmobiles of that quality would be waiting there, but due to the weather and the location and the fact that like, you know, there's, there's the church, the kids, you would have snowmobiles there as a last resort. There would at least be one. Okay. Are these high quality snowmobiles? Are you able to tell? Uh, Yeah, they're nice. Like they're good snowmobiles. They, they, like, you know, my, I, and whenever I visit Iowa, my family, they have snowmobiles out there and they're just, you don't even know if they're going to start. So it's, it's, you know, you <laughs> check out these ones in this. These are brand new. Yeah, of course. So, well, cause yeah. they're, they're very high, They're heavily funded. Too, you know, they, they, they're, they're a very well-funded group of, of terrorists. I mean, listen, they're Yamaha snowmobiles, definite product placement. If Yamaha is putting something in there, I don't think they want them to look dirty. Right. Have you ever seen a dirty snowmobile in a movie? Think about First Strike, clean. Let's see, Long Kiss Goodnight, clean. True Lies, clean. Inception, clean. I've never seen a dirty snowmobile. Well, because, a because usually
0: you sl- have to have them on snow, you know, so if, if you have something dirty on white, it will really, really show up.
1: Maybe. It's just, I mean, I get why they're clean, but just knowing I've had some of the most terrifying moments of my life on a snowmobile. And knowing how dirty those all were, and other ones I've been around, you know what? That's the big fallacy of jet, uh, snowmobile cinema, is that they're all clean. Okay. nice no right.
0: Maybe, again, maybe, you know. maybe
1: they sent Burke, you know,
0: quote-unquote John Leguziama, out, and he had to, cl- you know, clean off all of the the,
1: the snowmobiles you know, beforehand. Maybe all that's right. a, you know, you're the, I mean, the low man on the turtle pole, so you've got to go clean them up. He has that little flamethrower thing that he's hitting the, the the. Yeah, I mean, I guess he is a man. I would hate to be a world class henchman and have to clean snowmobiles. But they do have a general on there. Like, That's true. They have a pretty high class. They have they have a high class person they're they're rescuing. So if they were just out on a mission, maybe dirtier is better. But also too, if you're if you're a super like if you're stealth, right? They leave the hotel. They mclean catches them he's very observant but if you're that secretive i don't know if you'd want to park five brand new snowmobiles outside of an area right you, you, someone walks on man look at those five. those are nice yeah but they were well, they, they were, were, they were under that. a tarp that's true yeah but i mean still i would pull the tarp off i mean why not you're all, you're all friends out there sure well but but my, but you uh, you did
0: have Baker walking around to making sure, you know, maybe maybe Baker's job was to make sure that no one touches the snowmobiles. You know, I don't I'm, not everybody would, would be willing to to take on Baker like like John does with an icicle. So I don't
1: know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just right in the eye. <laughs> yeah. I love Rennie Harlan talking about that. Oh my gosh. Yes. But yeah, um I so they're there. They have five. It should be 13. They have the other crew there. It's just 13's expensive. And, you know, Joel Silver said this is one of the first movies where he looked at Rennie Harlan and was like, I don't know if I got it anymore. Like He <laughs> he had a little bit of a collapse on this movie. According to Rennie Harlan, he did a Rennie Harlan did a interview about this film. And, and Joel, I was like, I don't think I have it anymore. So, you know, I, I think there's a bunch of snowmobiles. You know, like this many will be dead. We'll just get five. Like, why get 13? Even though there are 13, there's only going to be this many left. So just get it. No one will notice. It's like when. Ah, Joker but and we Batman do. Go under a bridge <laughs> in dark night, right? Like, they go under a bridge in dark night. And then when they come out, when they go in, it's day. When they come out, it's dark as dark. And no was like, who can't. You? before you did this minute did you ever think about that mm-hmm. did you ever think about like about the, the snowmobiles no. why aren't there thirteens?
0: no yeah. never yeah. never never i i noticed it on on friday that was it you know beforehand i didn't even think about it it didn't even it didn't even register that you need to think about those type of things but th- that's also why we do movies this way in order to catch these little yeah, things fun. you know yeah gives you something to talk about yeah of course there's always what to talk about all right so now we're going to talk a little bit about snowmobiles because i know that's what you you've been waiting for all right. First of all, do you know other names for snowmobiles?
1: What, like snowcats? No, snowcats. No, a no, 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 no.
0: snowcat is a brand of, or it's a type. I'm just saying a different name. Okay, you have the Yamaha. Uh, you have different names,
1: synonyms for the word snowmobile. How's that? Uh, let's see. I'm I'm pulling it. Uh, well, I just cheated. I saw one word. That's snow machine. Okay, that's right. Snow machine. And then. Oh, well, no, someone called, that's not a ski mountain bike. No, no one's ever called, is that, Ski-Doo, snowmobile, that's what you call jet ski. No, so a Ski-Doo is a, is a brand name.
0: It's like, it's like Arctic Cat yeah. and Polaris. Okay. All right, so it, I mean, it can be just, called, it can be called yeah. a Let's snow machine. I don't know why. <laughs> it can be called a motor sled, a motor sledge. A ski mobile. Ooh. Ski mobile, I've heard. Ooh. Ski mobile, I've heard before. Yeah. You know, or, or a snow scooter. Yeah. You
1: know? Oh, I like that one. Yes. So it, it is a. But see, snow scooter, I don't know. Because when you think about a scooter, there's like two wheels. Right? No, yeah, usually, usually. Think yeah. about a snow, snowmobile. Yeah. I, mean, I like snow machine. That works. Like sled, what is is it called? Motor sled automated sled, no motor sled, motor and motor sledge. Motor sled sounds kind of hardcore, that's like Mad Max. Yeah, it sounds like it, that definitely does. So, where's my motor sled? (laughs) So, a snowmobile
0: is a motorized
1: vehicle designed for
0: winter travel and recreation on snow. It can be, it was designed to be operated on snow and ice, um, and they don't need a road or a trail. Uh, and usually you can ride them on open terrain, you know, when, wherever you're going. Um, up until the 1990s, they made snowmobiles that could hold two people. But ever since, most uh, snowmobiles can only hold one person. And they, Smart. they, the, the few that they still make for two are known as two-ups, which are used for, like, touring and stuff like that. Um, I just did one of those in Iceland on top of a glacier. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Now, do you know what the the tracks uh, used to be made of and what they're made of now?
1: What they used to be made of yes. and what they're made of now? Okay. No, I do not. Okay, They used to be made out of rubber, and now they are made out
0: of a uh, Kevlar uh, composite, which might have worked well here
1: if you use Kevlar, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense, right? Probably... Yeah, kevlar how does this do in the heat like i know these are snowmobiles but you have to store them right is there less breakdown than the rubber i don't know I, rubber would think, can crack. I would think i would i thin? would think that that's the reason why they they switched
0: it because it's it's probably cheaper <laughs> and it's probably you know yeah, more true. sturdy to do it that way do, do you know when Smart. the first uh snowmobile
1: was invented or was patented let's go back that's to that great let's say patented even okay Okay, so I feel like a snowmobile has been around longer than a jet ski. And I think that it was probably necessary almost as soon as vehicles came about, like thinking about getting through snow. So if there's like the seven, uh, it's not 57, 1957. 1911. Whoa. Yes. See, I knew it was early, but yeah, I didn't know it was that early. Jeez. Yeah.
0: So in, in 1911, uh, the, the first uh, patented, uh, it was known as a vehicle propeller. That, uh, that's the way they uh, were able to, to use it, so that it would ride on snow. And they, they actually started calling them snow flyers at the beginning. Snow fire? Flyer,
1: flyer. Oh, snow flyer. I like that. Yeah. 1911.
0: Yeah, and only in 1917 did someone coin the word snowmobile and and uh, to to make them back in 1917 cost uh, just about $400 in order to to you know to to convert something
1: into a snowmobile I mean that's a game changer in 1911 yes. I mean snow traveling over snow is just so it's just drudgy like it's drudgery and uh, you know it's dogs it's just you know skiing but that only works if you're going downhill so yeah, I love it. I love hearing That's it. That's right. Now, how how many people do you think, uh, or what what is usually the
0: main cause for accidents and injuries on snowmobiles?
1: Well, I drove into a house, so I would say hitting an object. Okay, <laughs> that
0: that is definitely a possibility. Um, so basically. It's usually uh you know people are are killed on snowmobiles if they hit other snowmobiles uh cars pedestrians, rocks, trees, fences, or if they fall through thin ice and and they actually even state here that there are many places where somebody will park their snowmobile somewhere and then when they get off of it they will you know the 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 snowmobile the the way that it's balanced it can it can hold on ice much better than a person could so like someone dismounts basically and then falls through to
1: you know to that uh there well think about the weight distribution on the skis right right? the two skis Mm -hmm. and the way is balanced out that's yeah yeah.
0: so usually about 10 people a year uh or die in minnesota just from uh, snowmobile accidents. Uh,
1: usually alcohol is a contributing factor for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. I guess, you know, people take their snowmobiles out to go fly, uh, snow, like they'll put their cabin out on the lake and they'll take their snowmobile out to fish and you just sit in your, you sit and fish, snowfish fish for hours and drink and then driving back. Not good. It's like boating on a lake. It's like Lake Lanier in Georgia. Yeah. They made a horror movie about oh, it. Oh, well. wow. Um, so many, yeah. There are
0: also a number of people that that usually die a year, uh, doing something called
1: rail riding. You have any idea what that that would mean? Are they really uh, rail riding, uh, trying to, I don't know, railroads, trying to ride the railroad? No, well, trying to, trying to,
0: uh, you know, get across the uh, railroad tracks before the train gets there, you
1: know, train dodging, I guess you can say. Um, you know, it's in the, the fences are nightmares on a snowmobile because when I was riding in Iowa, a lot of the farms have, are fenced off, but there, there's like a lot of wire or barbed wire and they get covered in snow and like you could blast through and Oh, what a nightmare. Right. What a nightmare. Um, I think I get I, I think I got early onset arthritis from one of my times <laughs> on a snowmobile. Oh, well, instead of grabbing around my uncle's like chest, I grabbed onto the things in the back and that's what held me on, and then they floored it. And then when I got off of the thing, I could barely open my hands from ho- squeezing so tight, and it was so cold that like, I couldn't barely move my arms because they like they froze in place around how tight I was grabbing around these handles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does not sound uh,
0: comfortable at all. <laughs> no, it's yeah. terrible. Um, also, it's terrible. a lot of people uh, get killed on uh, what's known as high marking have you ever heard that that phrase before? Mm-mm. What it, it actually means is they they drive a snowmobile as far up a hill as it can go, and oh, and gosh. in numerous cases that that also causes avalanches, and they end up dying from that too. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not. So it it's like, if, it if, seems if, like every you need to is... you need to be a little bit smarter
1: with the way that you use uh, you know snowmobiles, I guess. I mean, people text while driving a car 70 miles an hour or 100 kilometers an hour, and the thing can explode and destroy people. So it's not surprising that people are dumb on snowmobiles yeah. as well. Right. I mean, in,
0: in Canada, they say that an average of 73 people are killed uh, every year in snowmobile accidents. That makes sense. Of course it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um they also is it time for they my, also have races.
1: Time for my they, they also no? have all
0: these races. You know, they have like like yearly uh competitions with racing and stuff like that. So that's just crazy. Who's the who's the best snowmobile racer? No, that I don't know. I that I didn't find out. Uh, but they, in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, they have what's known as the International 500, which is a 500 mile race on a track. Where you can win $40,000. And they've been doing that since 1969. Wow. All right. I'm ready for your stats. That's fun.
1: Okay. So, movies that feature jet ski action scenes. Jet skis? They have a tomato meter average. Jet skis? Yeah. But I just want to give you a comparison. I just want to give you a comparison. Sorry. They have a 28% tomato meter average. There's 17 of them. Wow. They have a domestic box office average, inflated, adjusted for inflation. They average $61 million at the Domestic box office and their budget, their inflated budget, adjusted for inflation budget is 73 million. OK, so they, they lose they, money. They make less they lose money. Yeah, they lose money. Now, movies that feature snowmobile ac- uh, action scenes, there's 19 total that I have. They have a 47 percent tomato meter average, which is 19 tw- percent right. higher mm-hmm. than than jet skis. They have a domestic box office, the United States. I didn't do worldwide, because worldwide's really hard to... It's really hard to inflate the box office for every country. So I just used domestic right, okay. for this. Now, domestic, $158 million. So that's, wow. So that's a lot more. And their budget is $112 million on so average. So they're still
0: making... They're making... So money.
1: they don't... They. Yeah. So jet ski action scene movies... 28% and they lose money. Snowmobile action scenes, 47% and they make money. So we have Die Hard 2, Snow Day, True Lies, View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, Triple X, The world's Not Enough, Babylon AD, Inception to Fate of the Furious, Jackie Chan's First Strike, Die Another Day, Agent Cody Banks, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra, Johnny English Reborn to Santa Claus, Fred Claus, Wrong Turn 4, and Violent Night. So you have you know, a decent amount of uh, like the one in, in my total. I, I so, yeah, I mean, they don't have the high action movies don't really have the highest tomato meter averages on on like historically. Right. But it just proves that snowmobile action scenes. If you're going to do that or jet ski, I would I would lean towards snowmobile. The problem is you need the snow, true. And well, you don't. <laughs> this movie proves that you don't need this. Yeah, exactly. You need <laughs> potatoes. You need That's potatoes. Right. <laughs> I love fake snow in movies and I love reading about fake snow. Like I love how Game of Thrones did their fake snow. I've. I've worked on shows with fake snow. We we use foam and a a bunch of like white things, like white sheets that look like snow to throw over shrubs. Like and then I've always been obsessed with potatoes. So Renly, Renny Rennie Harlan talked about that, where you use potato flakes or snow and it gets looks great, but it's yes. messy. And it's just crazy that they had to hunt down snow. It reminds me of like Sorcerer and other movies where you build a bridge over a river and then a river right. dries up. Just an absolute nightmare to shoot and i i love it but yeah i mean all things considered i think they did a good job yeah. on this mm-hmm. film a lot of nights a lot of on location shoots which i'm sure you've talked about it's just yeah and i was really surprised i know i know you've talked about this a thousand times but i love that it has a 70 percent tomato meter average and it's well rated on IMDb. is it is that the highest of, I of think- the snowmobile movies uh no no Inception. Oh okay.
0: Right, right I forgot Inception was there. Right, okay. So Inception's yeah, not really you just in action.
1: Yeah, you just, That's true. There you go. <laughs> you just don't mess no. with that. But it's what I like is is I don't know, people just seem on board with the insanity of this film. And it's just fun seeing Bruce Willis on a snowmobile. And I love that documentary I watched about him riding on it and Charlie Piscerni talking about it and just a fun, I love it. <laughs> there's a, oh, we're not at the end. I'll, I'll let's get to the end, but there's like one of my favorite lines. All right. In the, in the we'll, movie, on. We'll, scene, we'll get there. So. We'll get there.
0: Yeah. All right. So then John starts running from the, the side of the church and he's got his gun drawn. And now he starts shooting, but it's just really weird the direction that he's shooting because we saw at the end of on Friday, we saw the, the snowmobiles leave and they were going like in a different direction. And here we have him shooting hmm. and he shoots like five or six times and we see that he, he hits somebody and uh you know the, the snowmobile goes flying in the air and then it lands, I guess, in a lake <laughs> because mm-hmm. it just you know it it just completely uh you know shatters the the, the the broken ice and all that stuff with the way that it does it. The the problem with this is we don't even know who that is. You know the we, no. I, we'll know later on who's still alive, so we know who it's between. We know who the two people are that end up getting killed, uh, because then one the, the next second we have another one of the snowmobiles. The guy stops and turns around and looks towards John, which again I don't know why he does that. And then John shoots another. Never do that. Then John shoots five or six bullets at him and kills him. So uh, basically, I'll I'll let the cat out of the bag. We know that it's both Burke and Garber that get killed here. Burke is John Leguizamo, as, uh, you know, we've mentioned numerous times in today's episode. And um, Garber is played by uh, Don Harvey. He's the second in command, basically. So they're the two that get killed. I don't know which is which. Um, it's 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 hard to tell. You can't, like, look at them and say, okay, this guy's the short guy. You know, because John Leguizamo looks a little shorter than the rest of them. So I don't really know. I, I would... I I guess I would believe that is John Leguizamo is the one that he shoots that goes flying, you know, through the air. That that would be my
1: guess. That that's Burke, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean maybe from his jacket, he doesn't have as tactical jacket as the second in command. The second, you know, the guy who gets shot second, the second guy who gets killed has a nice black leather jacket yes. on. And he's also, you know, I think since he's second in command, he probably wants to check up on his men. So he's looking to see what's going okay. on. Could be. And then he gets busted. N- Why don't stop? That's like fair. one of your dudes. Also, And, like, and if you nails stop, them, and if you stop far, pull,
0: pull your gun up, put, put your gun up at the time. He's not even touching his gun as he stops.
1: You know, Mc, McLean nails that guy from what do you think? Like at, how, how many yards? At out, 50 least yards 50. Out? At least. But we know that we know that, that McLean. He has to run over. <laughs> that's right. We know that McLean is 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 a good shot, you know. <laughs> and he. But at the twenty-second mark, he runs at least fifty yards, right. and these are moving snowmobiles right. at one point. That's right.
0: And the other three just keep. I love that. I love, I when love the that the other three just keep going.
1: <laughs> They're like, forget about it. Let's just keep moving. Well, they've seen clear in Present Danger*. They know, just move, go, 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 That's go, true. go. Don't stop. That's true.
0: I mean, they're they're four four years away from that actually happening. But yes, I mean, time travel is right. Of horrible. course, there's always time travel. I have Come to on, assume. Mark. We know that. That's right. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just. I love. It's just I love, strange that he stops yeah. and looks back. You know, and as I guess I guess he deserved to die from that. You know. That's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're a henchman, just go. Like, don't look back. Like the Oasis says, don't look back in anger. That's right. Don't look back <laughs> at John McClane when he's shooting your people. Yes. That's right. But, you know, but then we get the C4 yes. moment. Yes,
0: okay, <laughs> then the, the, the shot changes and we're, we're in, in the church. And it's really funny how everyone is already in the church. You know, and, and, like, there was no real assault. They weren't shooting or anything like that. Everyone just walks into the church. You know, and we get to see Barnes walk in with them because we see his, uh, you know, stencil on the back of his jacket saying Dulles Engineering. Because you know you have to have that, obviously. You know, and but it's a great tracking shot the way that they do it. You know that 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 he walks through everybody, and then he looks at all the equipment and and he goes, "This equipment, it could land our planes." <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you think? We're what do saved. you think? <laughs> You know, he's like stating the obvious, and then Grant, you know, turns around and goes, "Don't touch anything." There were tripwires wires outside. They could have booby trapped. And now, first of all, how does he know that there were there were troop wires outside? You know, one of the guys did set off a, a tripwire. wire. We we know that, and we were debating last week whether it was done on purpose or not, because it looks as if someone just slashed the the trip wire as opposed to your gun just getting caught on it. Well they had to. You work. know, again, it's all part of the. The, the plan, I guess you can say, you know, so, you know, Grant's theoretically doesn't know that there were tripwires, you know, and then he goes, they could have booby trapped. And then we, we get one of the guys crouching, you know, if th- two of the guys crouching on the ground and one of them goes, they did. Another one goes, yeah, got one here. Looks like C4, the motherfucker's <laughs> armed. <laughs> what do you, it looks like C4? That's the funniest thing because in, in every movie where there's C4, it's actually stenciled on the C4. It says this is C4. Yeah. <laughs> Don't confuse it with C five or C six. <laughs> this is
1: C4. <laughs> now I, I this C4 looks official though, because you do need that electric charge. Right. And it is connected to by cables to a, a BP yes. thing. So at least the prop department took care to be like, okay, C4 needs electricity or a jolt. That's right. And we're going to give it that. So this is, it's it's good C4ing, yes. I would right. say. Now, I, I talked about this a little bit last week.
0: What does the blinking lights on the the the, the charger for the C4 remind you of? What other Rennie Harlan movie?
1: What well, uh, this, I don't know if Deep Blue Sea has that. Maybe Cliffhanger.
0: Cliffhanger? That's right.
1: When yeah. when he when he puts it when he puts those. it
0: in the snow, you know when they when they they're shooting at the rabbits, you know.
1: Oh yeah, it's
0: exactly. It it's looks exactly that. the same. Like Rennie Harlan must say to them,
1: "Okay, we need blinking lights. Let's get blinking red lights. That's what we need." <laughs> he he does do good stuff in the cold. Yes. Renny Devil's Pass. That's right. This. Uh, American and born cliffhanger. He's or born a... American, born American. Yeah. Oh yeah, American born, born American. Born American. Yeah. Born. You're right. Born American. That's right. Yeah. He does. He works good in yes. cold. I would say maybe those those finished. I guess people. so. Um.
0: And then Grant screams out, "Clear the area, everybody, now!" And they they they, they all start uh, rushing out. You know, we have and I counted. There are ten guys here that are that 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 are with Grant, and then we get the outside shot. And then everyone's just walking out nonchalantly out of the church. But you know, then there are two more on the outside. So how do they have thirteen guys? Because you know, uh, you know, Teflin stayed in uh, in in the uh, you know in in the truck. Uh, so they somehow got thirteen guys here. I don't know. It's another, it's one of those diehard mysteries, you know, where where the the exact number of of bad guys
1: or the exact number of guys are are a little different. So, whatever. And I mean, they also can, in the first one, they fit that van in there with everybody and then they walk out with plenty of room. They're shrinking. Like, this world has, maybe there's a quantum realm in the diehard world. If if you just look at it in the world, there was a van in that. Well, they needed two helicopters to bring them all and then they all fit into one truck.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's right. It's a good point. Good point. So he, he just walks out nonchalantly as as he's, and he goes over to Lorenzo and he goes, "They booby trapped all the equipment. Seal off the building." And then Lorenzo, <laughs> uh, under his breath, goes off. And then Grant says, "Secure the area. Post entries. No civilians allowed." And
1: then Lorenzo just turns around and goes, "Hey, where the f- is McLean?" <laughs> To The best one of the greatest moments ever of him just cruising on a snowmobile, hitting sweet jumps. That's right. And you know, it's just, it's you know, last week we
0: talked about the fact that no one noticed that McLean was missing, and this time he actually realizes that he's
1: missed that they're missing. And I love he's clearly in a studio when he's flying away because none of his hair is moving, he's just on the jet ski looking or on the snowmobile looking serious. Yes. Makes me so and listen. If you've never snowmobiled before, you're not hitting sweet jumps right off the bat. Especially into we'll water. You know that he's going He, he went. <laughs> you know, he just he just
0: killed Burke, and Burke, you know, landed in, in in the the lake that's around there. And now he himself is driving across that lake. You'd think he would have been
1: a little bit smarter than to do that. You know, stay away. I did from watch the, the dock where they set it up, which makes me happy though. I, there's a little five minute clip about how they set all this up, and Passerini's talking about it. So hearing Charlie Pasceri say that snowmobiles are like jet skis are amazing, but yeah, they secured it. They put water over the top of it because they wanted to make it seem dangerous. But a dude just fell in a lake. That's right. So I don't. <laughs> That's what editing is. For. I don't know, maybe some of the ice <laughs> resurfaced and froze by the time that he got back up. It's on that it. cold in in DC. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's just crazy. You know, and then I love I love this scene though. It, I I love it's so. It's so bombastic and it's so renny, and it's just it's just a perfect scene. Uh, it makes me so happy yes,
0: it, it really is done really well the way that that he just flies across and lets us you know and and like you said, it's a studio shot. there's no question about it when when you know it's from the like the old movies which which you know they, they used to have people driving in cars, and you see you know the background is completely fake, and here it just looks that way also you know John's just having a good time on on the snowmobile. You know, chasing chasing after some bad guys. Yeah. That's right. Love and life. <laughs> and and that's actually how the the minute ends. And do you have anything else you want to say about the minute before
1: we get into the script? This is a gorgeous minute. I just have to let everyone know this is. This was the Mark minute. This, I mean, a snowmobile action. That's right. This is it. And then there's stupid lines. It's him on a. It's him cruising. Like, where would he go? And John McClane's just on a snowmobile. That's right. Cruising. <laughs> And he nails people from 50 yards out. Like the first movie, John McClane was a scrappy cop who was incredibly tough, could fight, could beat up most human beings on the planet. But this one, he's Uber McClane. That's right. For sure. But yeah, no, this is lovely. <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad that you saved
0: this. Guy. Oh, for you, Mark, anytime. So the, the, the script actually has some very different things that happen here. So first of all, it, it says that, uh, Immediately, McLean fires twice at the rear snowmobile. Uh, Garber is on it, and McLean's bullets rip through his chest as he falls off and spins out and rolls over. Mm. And that's the entire description of what happens at the beginning. He only kills one guy in the script, as opposed to you know we don't have the the Burke uh, stunt, you know where where he flies out into the into the frozen lake stuff like that. And then it it switches over to to inside the church. It says, the upper police crash in behind the trailing, the tailing soldiers. Barnes looks at the smoking ruins. That equipment, it could land our planes. And then Grant says, don't touch anything. There could be trip wires. And then uh, it says, camera rakes to the sergeant, who is by a blinking booby trap hidden under a panel. And then he has the the line about, uh, it looks like C4, and the motherfucker (laughs) is primed. That's what he says. Grant goes, evacuate now. And then it says, the exterior of the church, the soldiers in barns rush out, bowling over Lorenzo just as he's heading in. As all dive into the snow, the church explodes. Stained glass windows giving the destruction an eerie beauty as they shatter. As debris rains down, everyone struggles to their feet. Lorenzo spits out snow and looks around and says, hey, where the f- is McLean? And then it says, McLean, is riding on a snowmobile that cracked up carrying the dead man's assault rifle like the duke on a horse oh <laughs> that's a good line i like that <laughs> yeah but i it, oh. it's interesting i i you know I'm, i wonder why they chose in the movie not to blow up the the church money well they they time. first of all this was this was one of the most expensive budgets ever you know at the well, time they didn't want it to be right um they didn't want it to be, but it was you know it uh, uh, it was it was surpassed a year later by by t two but you know for a year, this was the
1: highest uh budget of any movie that was made you know, and then it makes sense why they didn't blow it up because they're already over budget, and I' like listen. We're not doing this. Because you know how much crew you have to bring in to blow something up? You have to bring in firefighters. You have to get permits. You need to get dynamite. You need all... You need, like, about a month to safely blow it up. You could maybe do a miniature. Right. But then you have to bring in artists for that. But I think it would have made... I think it would have made things a little more plausible. Yeah. But there's so many explosions in this movie already that it would have just gotten lost anyway. When you think about... The explosions in this movie. How many explosions? A, 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 a church. Tell me how many explosions are Mark. Well, no. So what I'm what I'm saying is, like, when he pulls the ejector seat out, which okay. is bonkers. And Rennie Harlan's like, I just added that. That's right. When you talk about the other plane exploding. No, we're pull- the when, two when planes landed, exploding. And right. that explains. Okay. Yeah. And then you have the the at the end with the fire trail and the explosion. Right. Like it's. And the annex, And then the, the passenger skywalk. plane going down. Right. Yeah. And like when you have those explosions, you, you just don't you don't need it like and it's money and it's already that expensive as a producer. I probably wouldn't have blown it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. Cause I need more stuntmen, You need more special effects people or miniatures. Like that's a lot of work right. and I'm not doing that. Okay. All right. That's fair.
0: All right. So every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday, where my guests will give their top five Bruce Willis performances. So Mark start at number five and work your way up. What have you got for us? I know you're going to give okay, us a sorry. crazy list.
1: So, all right. So, number five is Moonrise Kingdom because it's one of the warmest performances I've ever seen from Bruce Willis. When I was watching Moonrise Kingdom, and what I love about Wes Anderson is that he can get some beautiful performances, very warm, like from Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, he can find a warmth in his characters. And Bruce Willis in Moonrise Kingdom is is unlike any character I've ever seen him play. It's the warmest character he's ever played on any film I've ever watched of his. So that's why I have it at number five. He's not the main character, okay. but the warmth. And I keep saying warmth, but it's true. What he's able to pull off and exude is, is why I have that at number five. Okay. I, f- I feel pretty good about that. Now, okay, so we have... There's a lot to pick from here. I'm going to say four It's boring and I hate being boring, but it's Armageddon because of the ending when he stays back and he's talking about his girl and he makes that speech. Like, I feel like this is when like I love him and die hard, but I feel like Armageddon was him just fully realizing that he is a A-list action star. And when this, the, what he and Ben Affleck pull off, like I had to watch that again for an episode and I was tearing up a bit. Like just when he stayed behind and the way he's talking. And I think what he's able to pull off in that movie, I don't think it's necessarily, I think he knows what Michael Bay wants. He doesn't exactly what Michael Bay wants, but I just think it's an example of, of him putting together all of his A-list qualities to spearhead an insane movie about drillers going and blowing up an asteroid. It's, okay. It's like it's like him and his most powerful. Yeah, and if I, I if did. I remember correctly, this probably I think it's the
0: first time that he uh you know was the star of a movie of where he was he was
1: the main star where his character actually dies. Exact Yeah, and like he had to die. There was no right. There was like no. You don't need to die. You don't need to do that. It's either you. Either or you I just think it's. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he nails it uh, for for number three. This is a, a a little bit different pick, but I'm gonna say Death Becomes Her. As Dr. Ernest Menville, because it's such a manic, alive, different sort of backstory performance. Like, he's not the action hero. He's not the super sly rom-com guy. He's not Hudson Hawk. He's not a killer like in Whole Nine Yards. He's bespectacled, which doesn't make you a nerd, but in the 90s it did. He is, is just sort of a whiny, loud, boisterous, nervous man. And I I just love that about him. Like it's a it's 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 a different performance, and I like to see him try. Right. Like it's so like I I I love seeing him try. Right. That was that was so at the time have, of his career where where he was trying new things. You know. And and like and and all power to him. Like I love it. That's right. Number two. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> But I, uh, you got to do it. I'm gonna say uh, I I don't I don't want to be that controversial, but for number two, I'm gonna say Unbreakable. I was thinking maybe Sixth Sense, but it's such a controlled performance. But I think what I'm gonna add in Unbreakable is is just Sixth Sense is so controlled, but Unbreakable, watching him discover his power, watching him reconnect with his wife, watching his interactions with his son, watching him. Uh, duel the the man in the orange shirt uh, suit the way that he acts against samuel l jackson who they'd already been together before mm-hmm. in several movies right two, two i think movies. it's yeah. unbreakable is my favorite superhero movie ever made ditto and it's up there it's it's, yeah, my top right? it's, superhero
0: it's movie it's, because it, it shows because uh, to me it shows that someone you know in our world you could have a superhero you know, and you don't yeah. and you don't need, you know, to come from Krypton and you don't need, uh, you know, to have the the Green Lantern core or, you know, you can use any other analogy from DC or Marvel. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to get bitten by a bug. You know, it's just we don't know how this happened. It's just
1: a natural thing. Yeah. And it's what I love. What what M. Knight does is that this guy has bones that break. So he goes, OK, it must be someone who's opposite me. That's right. Like, that's what I love. And I I, I have to do that. So that's my number two. And one, you know, it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's but I I think it would be very I'm not that crazy. I think Die Hard is his number one. Because I watched I even remember this when I was young and I watched this movie a lot where the John McClane, the way Bruce Willis plays him. He's not Bruce Willis yet. So he's still moonlighting, right? He's still Mm -hmm. dating. He's not Bruce Willis as we know him. So in this movie, I think there's a warmth to him when he's on the phone with Al, the way that they talk together, the emotion he finds, like when he's talking to Bonnie Bedelia in the in the bathroom, like he knows he messed up. Like he's, they've gotten to a point where they can't just talk to each other, they just argue immediately, and you can see that in him. And I think the the layers on layers, and like his scenes with Hans Gruber, the way he gets beat up, the way he even pulls out the physicality, his running, his shooting, his laughing, his quips in the in the in the um not the elevator shaft, but in the air duct. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's a, it's a very well calibrated, likable, ex- like he exploded on the screen in that one. Like, they didn't even want him on the poster right. for these movies. And I just think <laughs> <Idiots>. <laughs> to leave that out would be controversial. And I'm not that controversial. So my number one is Die Hard. But I mean, listen, I love him. I think he's a lot of fun in Whole Nine Yards. I think he's a uh, really good in Pulp Fiction. I like him in Nobody's Fool. Uh, 12 Monkeys, we've seen him in a uh, Terry Gilliam film. It's pretty unbelievable. Fifth Element's great. I think at the end, he's able to find a really good amount of emotion there. But I'm happy with mine. I'm happy with my top five. All right. Excellent. All right. So, Mark, you want to tell people uh, how they can find uh, Mark Hoffmeyer? Yeah, just movies, films, and flicks, FLIX, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Mark Hoffmeyer on X or Twitter, and then... I'm writing currently for The Ringer. I'm writing for Rotten Tomatoes. I'm writing for Fandom. And I write for Film Theory. So go to all those places on YouTube and you can find all my videos and articles. All right. Excellent. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe. any
0: podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, com. So... Until tomorrow, yippee
1: ki yippee If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and